Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss. This is not your average grief group. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for joining me as we normalize the conversation around grief with the stories of those who've gone through it, a whole lot of humor, and a pinch of celebrity and entertainment news. Because fun fact, they grieve too. There's more to grief than that godforsaken dove flying over a willow tree on a sympathy card. I know you've seen it and know what I mean. Let's change the way society looks at it. Visit ssfylpodcast.com for more. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful friend. On the pod today, we have Emily Adame. I will tell you about her in just a second. First, I want to say, if you've been enjoying So Sorry for Your Loss, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful in getting the podcast to rank, which means that other people can find this podcast. So you can be helping other people by simply giving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I would love you for that. Thank you so much. Also, follow me on Instagram at So Sorry with Gianna. Tons of other content over there. So again, today's guest, Emily Adame, she owns this company called Soul House. She is very interesting. She's a celebrity lifestyle and mindfulness coach. So her work has attracted Hollywood stars because it was that good. She's a soul reader and an astrologer. She contributes the astrology reports for bustle a lot of the time. And she's a motivational speaker talking about astrology and how it can really change your life. Now, We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before about how some of this can be considered woo-woo, right? We had Elaine Portner, amazing interview about mediums. We had Jonathan Mark, who was another medium. We had Daniel Massey, who told us all about shadow work. So some of these practices can be considered like a little too new wave for what is out there. But based on these interviews, I mean, some of these people have said, hey, I was a medical person before and coming into this field, I'm completely impressed with what I've seen and now I'm going full force into it. With Emily, she's looking at astrology. Of course, we read our horoscope. I'm a Leo. I think I'm a raging Leo. I like the spotlight, hence, hello, I have a podcast. I'm outgoing, I'm friendly, I like to storytell, all those types of things that very much fit the mold of Leo. So I've believed in astrology. I don't know that I've like fully lived my life by it. I don't know the planets and the moons and what's in this and like Mercury retrograde, I feel like everybody kind of understands is something that affects us. I don't know the ins and outs of how and why. She reads my chart today. So it's like I gave her the day, the time, and the place where I was born. And then through looking at what the mapping of the sky was, apparently can tell so much about you. And she is dead on with some of this. And through following her on Instagram, she is at Emily, which is E-M-I-L-I. She predicts a lot of things that go on in pop culture. And it's very fun to follow her because she'll have a prediction about something. And then sure enough, a few days, a week later, like it'll come out with that celeb or it'll come out with whatever's that situation is that's going on in entertainment news. So we go into not only how you can look at your astrology to really figure out who you are as a person, figure out how it can help you in your grief. This was a very intriguing part about basically she can look at the ways that you're able to cope with something to be able to help you figure out, okay, what do I need to do that is actually going to be effective in helping me get through this? And then of course we talk about celebrities and we talk about her predictions on some of them. Britney Spears, Lala Kent, Megan and Harry. She's got a great read on all of them. So you'll love this episode. A little bit of fun, a little bit of woo woo, a little bit of debunking all of it, but you know, we love to do all of it here. It's so Sorry for your loss. I love you. And here's Emily Adame, the soul house owner who really is just super cool and so involved in the universe and what that means and how it interacts with our life. You're a contributor for Bustle for the astrological readings. Tell me about you and how you discovered that you had this ability for the readings and how you started Soul House. I actually had had these, I've had these gifts my whole life. And I geeked out on astrology starting in middle school, but when I was in middle school, it was not cool. It was not chic. It was very like, (laughs) it was very like LARPing on the weekends and like, you know, kitten shirts and dolphins. And so I would hide in bookstores and I would geek out in astrology and I wouldn't 
talk about it really with anybody. That's um, so funny. I just heard that exact same story from another guest I had who said she started to realize that she could connect with those who had passed. And she said, I would hide yeah. in bookstores because I was afraid to even buy the books about it because I would be considered a witch. And so you're saying the same thing. Yeah. And you're so right about it being chic. Like it really has become such a movement. What do you think made that change? Why do you think it is now so like involved in our society to be a part of this, which is great? Well, I think where we are now, a lot of people have woken up and yeah. a lot of people have reincarnated into this incarnation, us included, that are younger though, that they just came into this incarnation just saying, okay, let's go. They, they did not worry about being judged. We still grew up in a time I feel, I feel where we were still being judged for it. It became so mainstream so quickly. I mean, gosh, if this was going on when I was growing up, watch out. Like it would have just been amazing. But in my generation, our generation, it really kind of kicked off. I think when the movie, the craft came out and, and all that kind of stuff, I think people were kind of like, okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Kind of peppered in there in the nineties, but really like in the eighties, it just was like very bizarre. And mm -hmm. I grew up Catholic. So it was like a real big no, no right. all across the board. But for me personally, I left the church when I was 18 and I never, ever, ever really felt connected to it. I connected to the mystery of it, but it just didn't feel right to me. And I'm Latin. And so it's kind of a big deal in my family and my parents really, and my mom especially really struggled with it, but now she's, she's very spiritual. So fast forward, I was reading friends like for years on the side, like always. Mm. And finally, one of my friends said, Emily, like, you just, you just need to do this. You just need to jump into it. Yeah. And I've had like many experiences where I would be sitting somewhere and then I would get a message and I'll give you one example. I was at church actually, and I kept hearing a woman say, tell her I'm okay. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not saying that you fucking crazy. Like I'm not <laughs> turning around and telling this stranger that like, what are you talking about? And it, she was the voice, like the person was just so persistent. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm a lunatic. I started sweating. I was like panicking. And finally I was like, okay. So I turned around and I put my hand on the woman's hand behind me. And I said, I have a message for you. A woman is telling me to tell you that she's okay. And the woman started crying. She said, my mother just died in Barbados. Oh my god! I like froze and I like got up and I walked out. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of what was happening. And I had so many experiences like this over the last like 15 years and I couldn't tell anybody. I think I shared it with two people in my life that I was very close to. And I just wasn't sure like what was going on. Some Sometimes I just felt like, I don't know. I, I There were rumors at one point that I was a witch. So uh -huh. like out in the world. And so I, you know, I was a designer and I designed for kids and I just, it was hard. And then. So you were out hit. there in the corporate world. Well, I was actually designing for kids under my own name actually at the time when Lana Del Rey also had a line, she was not famous yet. There were 10 artisans. I had a jewelry line and I was approached by Keds and they said, Hey, we'd love to give you your own shoe line. And so, so cool. I, it was amazing. And this was 2010, 2011. But during that time, my guests were becoming really, really heightened and it was kind of scary for me. And so fast forward COVID hit, I turned 40 and, um, I was called mm. and it was time, even though when I was younger, I knew when I was a child, I was going to grow up to become a designer. And then I knew the second half of my life, I would be spiritual, but I didn't know what it would entail. And I started soul house. It was like, I just, it was like the energy completely changed. And I started reading one person, then another person, and then word of mouth. And then celebrities found out and I started reading celebrities. And then I made my, my little Instagram and it took off and it's a full-time business for a year now. Good for you. Thank you. Do you feel fulfilled doing this? Like, do you feel a different sense of I'm fulfilling my life's potential than you did when you were a designer? At one point I felt that I was in my purpose designing, but that, that ended for me. This, this is definitely my true purpose, but this is actually leading me to other things. I'm writing a book. I'm also on a platform for speaking probably in the next I would say in two years or so, I won't read anymore. I'll read a select few people that I, I hold very close to me. My clients are like, no, you, you can't stop yeah, reading. You can't I'm like, leave. well, yeah. <laughs> 
but it, it is very draining and right, there are right. other things that I want to do. And this is just kind of, this is the starting point. So I am definitely in my purpose now. My North node is in the third house, which is communication, teaching, speaking, and I'm a Pisces, sun, Taurus, Virgo moon. And so all of this is like healing energy and mystical Aquarius in the 10th house, which is astrology. I mean, it all just, it's all there. It all matches right. so up. So let's go into all of that because everything mm -hmm. you just said, like, I kind of know what you're talking about, but like, yeah. it's like the periodic table. Like I know the, some <laughs> of the like, elements that are on there, but I don't know what any of them actually mean. So explain to sure. us a little bit how the universe and astrology works and how it interacts with our lives in terms of who we are as people based on the time, the place, and everything about our birth, what that leads to the rest of our life. I look at the astrology natal chart as a blueprint for your life. It's, it's the cosmic weather too. So all of, all of the energy in each house and when it's activated at different points in your life. So for instance, your son is in Leo. This is who you are on the inside. Okay. Uh -huh. So Leo is very outgoing. It's very prideful. It's a very, I would say very proud energy. Mm -hmm. And it's also an energy of, you know, fire. So, you know, it's, it's, it's movement. Yes. And then you're ascending. My, my husband always calls me his fiery <laughs> Italian. So yes, that is. Yes. <laughs> and then your ascendant, which is who you are on the outside is in Virgo. And so Virgo is more organized and efficient. It's also the healer. You know, it's, there's a lot of energy around making sure that everything is in its place. Virgo oh, likes yeah. things to be, you know, neat, yes. organized and self-critical. Sometimes we can think that, you know, we're, we're helping, but people are like, you're not helping. You're criticizing. And I oh, get it because okay. I'm a Virgo moon. <laughs> uh -huh. It's energy on the outside. That's the mask that you wear, but then your moon, which is your emotions. It's also the mother. The moon is for you in Aquarius. And so Aquarius is more of a detached moon. It, it doesn't like emotions, but your son is in Leo, which likes big displays of emotions. So mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting mix. When you look at each of the placements too, within the chart, like for instance, for you, I'll look at, let's see, you've got, so for, for one, your Chiron, which is our wounding is in cancer. This is where we're wounded. Cancer hmm. is the mother and it's also the family. So hmm. somewhere oh, in our Yes. Yeah, so somewhere in our life, somehow we are wounded around the mother and something having to do with the family. And then your sixth house of day-to-day -day routines. This is where, this is health and wellness and day-to-day -day routines. This is where your North node is. This is the North node is your destiny. It's where you're going in life. Um, the South node is, is the past. It's past lives. North node is where we're going. So for you being in this specific position, and your North node is in Aquarius and Aquarius is about the collective. It's about humanity. So exactly what you're doing on this podcast is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yay. <laughs> you're looking at, you're looking at the sixth house of wellness, right? And our destiny is about health, wellness. And then Aquarius is the masses. So we're taking it to the, the collective. We're taking it to the masses. Mm -hmm. And then also in your sixth house, you have Aquarius. So it's about unity. You actually, you were a king or a queen in a very recent past life. So, Ooh, how about <laughs> that? <laughs> so you still bring in some of those qualities into this life, and you're still <laughs> looking for your audience. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. I always just thought that was because I was a Leo, but now it was because I was a king or a queen. All right. I'll yes. Yes. You come in with that energy, but the difference is now is that you're, you're taking your gifts and you are putting them on, onto the collective. So mm -hmm. rather than focusing on yourself, you're focusing on other people and that is your purpose. Yay. Okay, great. And I feel like working... it is. I feel like I've really found like what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's nice to hear that confirmed a little bit. A hundred percent. And then your Chiron and cancer, this is what we're supposed to be healing in our life. So it's all in conjunction. It all works together. So for you, you know, you're, you're healing your grief, right? Yeah. And this is a way to do it. And it's through that sixth house. It's through the North node. So you are in your purpose. You yeah. are in your direction. So a lot Amazing. of people come to me because maybe they're not quite in their direction yet. They feel it. They feel pulled. And we have different periods in our life where, you know, we feel lost. Mm -hmm. And those periods are actually really important. A lot of people think, oh God, I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm doing. 
we need those periods for reflection. For oh, growth. 100%. Yeah. Yes. And to be able to let go because you really have to be ready to step in, but you will know it will call you in such a way that you cannot deny it. So mm-hmm. when people come to me and they ask, I can point out and I can guide them in the direction, but again, you know, they have to get there themselves. Some people are already in the purpose. So there's some quote that's like getting to the other side will be worth it. Even if it's hell in the hallway. And mm-hmm. I, I believe that I think that you have to go through these really difficult things. I don't know that I would have known that prior to 2017, prior to when my dad passed, but it's one of the things that I can say now, four years, almost five years out that every dark place that I've been in has given me so many lessons and has taught me so much about myself and this world and just how everything kind of interacts that it's all taken those terrible things to get me to where I am now. And that's not to say I'm done. I think everybody is always on a continual journey of learning, but it's so helpful to have those experiences. Absolutely. Lee Harris calls grief and death the great transformer Mm -hmm. because it, it, it is such a shock to the system. It is such a life altering situation that it forces you to change, to grow, to go inside and to hopefully live your life to the best of the ability that you can. It shows that life is very short, but I I do know it's the quote by Rumi and I'm not going to say it correctly, but it's something about how we're in a dream now. It's when we die is when we actually wake up. Interesting. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. And the work that I do, I'm constantly connecting people to the other side. And actually I have a, a program that I just put out where I teach people how to connect to their spirit team. So you have your earth team and then you have your spirit team. And usually we pull one or two people that were very close to you that has passed away and you start really tapping into them. You start really connecting to them so that they, they can guide you because we're not here to do this alone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are very closed off and shut off to the other realms. Even though we live in a time where people are much more open than they were in the past, there are still mm-hmm. a lot of people that I meet that are very closed off because yeah. of trauma. Right. So, you know, part of what I do is I help people open back up, heal that trauma or move through it, move through the grief and then reconnect them to source, to their higher consciousness. And then to whoever it is that they want to connect with. So I've heard that the, this theory of that, this is actually purgatory, this life. What are your thoughts on that? It's interesting. I mean, a lot of people think this is hell too. So (laughs) the past two years have certainly felt like it. You know, I look at earth as more of a school. It's just one of many dimensions and we have certain contracts that we have to fulfill and we come into this particular incarnation to really move people forward on this planet and to wake people up. But I work in energies of reincarnation and past life. I read past life for all of my clients. And so this is just one school. It's one realm. It's one energy. It feels like a lifetime, but time does not really exist. So our experience here is actually very limited. And there are other dimensions that are other realms that we move on to. You can actually become a guide, a spirit guide, if you choose. Mm-hmm. We always joke and say, maybe we don't want to come back. <laughs> Please yeah. don't send me back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I think about that. I'm like having to start all over again. Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know. It's like exhausting. And then your, your children, you know, we call our children to us. They choose us. They have contracts with us as well. So I, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't really look at this as purgatory per se. I look at this as a very hard school that we are in so that we can evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very challenging school. People have said to me that my mom and I have been together in a past life and that my daughter and I have been together before. And I totally feel that. Like my daughter, I, I kept saying to my husband when she was first born, I've seen her before. Like I know she, this baby is so familiar to me. Like I have been with this baby before. Yeah. That experience is real. I mean, I had the same thing with my son when he was born and I held him and I was able to actually pinpoint exactly. I, and this is going to sound very strange, but I was like, I was married to this baby. Whoa. (laughs) 
yeah, when I, when I looked at him and I knew immediately, you know, he was a soulmate and soulmates can come in the form of children, your parents, your friends, and some people actually don't have soulmate lifetimes in the realm of love. Not everyone does. Mm. So some people have long-term soulmates. Some people have short-term soulmates. It's, it's all about the contracts that we sign and, you know, where we are awakened at certain points in our life. Yes, you have free will, but there are very faded markers and moments and cycles. These contracts that you're talking about too, and that, that is something that our soul is responsible for. Is that right? Yes, they are soul contracts and you know about them prior to incarnating, which is why when you meet somebody that's so familiar, you're like, oh, I've been with them before. When you're, when you're a child too, you're still very open Mm -hmm. from coming from the other side, so to speak. And so children are able to connect and to see spirits easier and they're much more pure right as you get older they haven't been corrupted by the society yet or the thought that all of this is wrong right exactly or that they're bad or Mm -hmm. that they're stupid or that they're ugly yes they haven't been put in the box essentially interesting so i should start asking my daughter lots of questions you should. She's very wise, but beyond her years. Yeah. She, yeah, she, I mean, she's only 15 months. She doesn't, but you know, I, maybe I'll just start, start talking and try and get it out of her so that her first words are like Leo house of whatever. <laughs> like, you, um, okay. um, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say you're, you actually yourself, your, your energy when I read it is far more advanced than the society that we live in now. It it feels very futuristic to me, even though you're a Leo, your energy comes across as Aquarian to me because there's a lot of cerebral energy going on, a lot of mental energy with you, a lot of ideas yeah, and making good use of those ideas. You have a very brilliant mind. So when I, you're welcome. So when I look at this energy, it's like, you know, podcast, all of this communication is perfect for you because this is the energy that you embody and you are here to spread a message. Yeah. And when you say ideas, I do. I like almost can't sleep at night because I have so many things that I want to do in terms of helping people. Like nothing would make me happier than for it to just not be so terrifying when people get thrown into the the world of grief. Like if they can just say, you know what, I, I know that this podcast is out there or I know that there's this store, or I know that my friends know how to support me because they've seen a lot more resources out there. I think I just felt so isolated and so lonely and that's what I'm trying to to change for others. So I I 100%. I want to do it and I feel like it has a, a a need but it's really helpful to hear from you that it like this is actually the right direction to be going in. Well, it's happening. So you have two sets. Well, there's one set of eclipses that are happening this year, but for you specifically for your son and your ascendant, they're happening in your career house and also in your houses of community, well, your house of communication, but in all areas of communication. So it's about getting your message out even further. And then also the career change. So if I were going to be giving you a normal reading, I would have told you that after your birthday onward through 2023, that you are going to leave your job. You are going to have a major change and it's going to bring you peace and tranquility. Actually, there Mm -hmm. will be a focus on money. And then there's also going to be a lot of creative energy that comes up this whole next year. I read from year to year in birthday to birthday. So not the regular calendar year. And for you, I really feel that things are going to really take off after your birthday. Yay. Love it. (laughs) We'll have to check in. We'll do the check-in like at the end of the year and see how everything really went. So tell me about how these things that you're saying in terms of signs, like how can somebody look at their signs and where they fall to be able to say, how can I reach my potential in life? The houses that you really want to focus on are the 10th house of career. And depending on where your North node is. So we need to look at the North node. This is our destiny. We need to look at, to see what sign it's in. For instance, yours is in Aquarius. This is about the collective. It's about the masses. You know, it's, it's really focusing on others, not on yourself. You're giving back to the world essentially. And then looking at where the North node is placed. So for you, again, it's in the sixth house. So for, for someone else, let's say that it was in the third house and the third house is the house of communication, media, teaching, writing, speaking. It would mean also that you would be needing to get a message out to the masses through forms of communication, which could mean writing a book. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really need to look at the North node 
you need to look at the where what house it's in, and then you need to look up that house specifically. What does that house actually mean? What does it entail? And then you need to look at the 10th house of career. You need to look at your sixth house, which is day-to-day routines and work. And then you need to look at your second house, which is how you make money. It is your possessions. It is just money in general. And then you also need to look at the 11th house because the 11th house is our hopes, dreams, wishes. And sometimes we can start things in this house. This house can, can bring a lot of information also about the collective and the community. And then I would also look at the fifth house because this is the house of creativity, which is also romance, dating, children. But for the purpose of any type of creative endeavor, you want to look at the fifth house. So I would focus on all of those houses first because astrology is such a deep dive. I have been studying it since sixth grade and, you know, it's so layered. It's so deep that Mm -hmm. you never stop learning and it's like peeling an onion. So just to start, that's where I would direct people, especially looking at the North node, also looking at the South node, you know, where did you come from in past lives? Even 12th house can tell you past life energy. So those are the houses that you really need to focus on. And the first house of self, like if you have the North node in the first house, then you are here to learn about uh, your own identity and forming your own identity. Because a lot of North node first house people will take on the identity of other people and they come into this life, not really knowing who they are and they want to merge with everyone. Yeah. And so then, you know, they're the person in the group that starts like acting and dressing like everyone. Mm-hmm. They don't really know who they are. And then they get to midlife and they have a midlife crisis and mm-hmm. they connected with their identity as a mother, as a wife. And at some point they wake up and they go, this isn't me. And so you get different clues and markers at different points in your life as far as your healing goes, right? So for instance, Leo North Node is meant to be in the spotlight. They've had a lot of lifetimes where they were stuck on the sidelines and they gave their power to other people. And this lifetime, they're meant to be in the spotlight and they're an individual, they're a leader. And so they have to muster up the courage and they have to remove the blocks that, that prevent them from moving forward. They have stagnation. So when I read people, I read all of the blocks that hold them back so that their life can flow better so that they understand what they need to do next and where they need to go. Right. Because if they don't overcome these energies and it's very simple energy, it could be an energy of just, you know, not walking through the door, not making the phone call, not having the conversation, but it's an energy that keeps you stuck. That's been a theme in some of my interviews lately as like the simplicity about things. I think we've overcomplicated mm-hmm. life so much that everything seems like such a heavy lift to be able to get to the next phase of life that you want to, or to be able to stop doing these, some of the habits that you have when really it just comes down to simplicity. I'm just doing the smallest thing, like picking up the phone. <laughs> yes. Well, it's having hard conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things too, is I teach people is how to move energy, how to move energy out. And a lot of times we're hanging on to a lot of energy. You know, you have the friend that calls you all the time that complains, or if you complain all the time, you're hanging on to stagnant energy. This is not Mm -hmm. energy that you want to be in. These are things that you need to drop out of your energy in order to move forward. It is about making tiny changes. And I teach people how to move through their life in what I call in the flow and a more energetic way that allows them to feel in. So when you need to rest, you really need to rest. So you pull back. When you need to move forward, you move forward. And I take it a step further. I look at your own personal natal chart and I help you figure out for you specifically what these energies are. I have clients that I work with weekly. They call me, they run businesses and they're like, okay, what's going on? And so we map it out each week. This is what you're going to be feeling. This is what you're going to be going through. This is a good money day. This is this. I mean, astrology is very helpful, but I also am working with energies of of me just being able to read a person and their own energy. So I bring in my own clear audience, clear sentient, clairvoyance into the readings as well. It is so bizarre. Like I am somebody that believes in all this stuff and I still find it so hard to grasp how much can be predicted based on astrology. I mean, you and I were supposed to have this interview a week ago and we were both like, you know what? There is like so much weird stuff going on. There's a block with a lot of electronics. And you were like, yeah, it's because Mercury's in retrograde. This is all happening. And I have been very affected by Mercury retrograde. I remember reading a horoscope one time and it literally mentioned me losing my sunglasses and I did. (laughs) 
I mean, and this was like a, a horoscope that I read on like L, like L magazine. Some of it is so spot on and I can see how that is so helpful to sit down with some of your clients and be like, okay, let's look at how everything in the astrology world is going to be lined up for your specific birth date and how we can look at how to tackle the things in your life. Let me get down to like the rawest form of this. Why is it that way? Why does your birth date and the planets, how does this all make sense? If you want to get really, really deep, I mean, everything is just a reflection, right? This is ancient knowledge and your chart is, again, the blueprint. If you want to go even deeper, you can go into the Akashic Records. This is all energy. What is that? I've never heard of that. So the Akashic Records is a hall of records, okay? And it's not in this realm. That is basically the book of your entire life, of every incarnation, of your DNA print, of everything. So if you've never had your Akashic Record read, you should. It, it goes in line with past life energy as well, obviously, because you're being taken down and into the hall of the records and you get to experience some of your past lives. Oh, wow. Yes. Hard to believe. I recommend that everybody read Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Wise. If you're mm. like, what the fuck is she talking about? This chick is whack. This is crazy shit. I am telling you, you have to read this book. You are read my second guest to have recommended <laughs> that. So I need to order that immediately after we finish. Yeah, yeah. So I read it like 15 years ago. I read all of his books and he was a science guy, doctor, did not believe in any of this stuff. And he had his own experiences. And a lot of people really need to have their own experiences to really understand. And at the end of the day, nobody, nobody can really sit here and say for sure that we know everything because we don't. It's more about remembering. It's more about stepping back into that energy. We're here to love. We're here to learn. When I look at astrology, to me, it's just a reflection. It's just a reflection of the past life energy. And again, it's the blueprint that you're brought into from previous lives. And I connect it back to the Akashic Records, but it is ancient wisdom. And there are other forms of ancient wisdom and esoteric. I mean, when we look at just tarot in general, taking on the energy a lot of people say, though, is it the chicken or the egg? Like you were talking about the sunglasses. Did you manifest that? Mm -hmm. You know, or was that really a thing? Was that a premonition? How do you listen to your podcasts? Are you running right now? Are you exercising? Are you out doing some errands with a little AirPod in your ear? Or do you have it playing as you're walking around your house, cleaning up after everything, organizing, you know, getting shit straight for the day? That's generally how I listen to my podcasts. If so, I am likely to be wearing a very cozy set because I just want to be comfy in my home. Who doesn't, right? I'm so happy that I found this company, Softies. Softies PJs. They sent me a ton of their stuff and guys, appropriately named because it's incredibly soft. <laughs> it's a family-owned company and it's been on Oprah's list of her favorite things like five years in a row. So you know it's good. You know Oprah's sitting there with that luxe loungewear. Mm -hmm. So Softies PJs is one of them. They've got this trademark signature fabric. It's called the wellness fabric and it's embedded in all their luxury sleepwear and it's designed to keep you cool and dry all night long. Okay, if that doesn't resonate with you and you're like, Gianna, why the hell do I need to say dry? Well then, good for you. If you're a mom, you probably understand those, you know, postpartum sweats as well. But for me, I curl myself up into such a tight ball to get warm and then all of a sudden the body heat becomes like too much and I wake up like drenched in sweat in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's like super glamorous. Anyway, when I wore these softies PJs, the coolness is real. And I didn't have that happen. It is a very cooling fabric. And then as far as warm and cozy fabric, their blankets, their shawls, their robes, all of it is unbelievable. Also, some of like a really cool design things. Think of like a hooded sweatshirt dress that is also the velour on the inside. I mean, completely cozy, especially for the days that you just like you're bloated. You don't want anything around your waist. Ugh. I mean, we're really getting into it today, are you? I'm, I'm sharing all my thoughts, my sweats, my bloat, all of it. But listen, I want to be real with you guys. Softies PJs is definitely the way to go. They are having 10% off right now for new customers on their site. So go visit softiespjs.com. Again, that's softiespjs.com. Enjoy how cozy you are. Take a picture, tag me. Let me see it. I have a client that a couple of weeks ago called me and said, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling good in my marriage and I'm just, I need to know what to do. And I said, well, I feel like your marriage is going to end. I don't specifically read death. I feel like it's immoral. I won't do it. But she was 
speaking in a way where, you know, she had said, I, I just, you know, my, my husband's not in good health. Like she was like, is he going to die? And I said, you know, I feel like he has some heart issues. He needs to be careful. Well, he died, but she already knew her energy already knew, Mm -hmm. which is why Mm -hmm. she had brought it up to me. Right. So we are all psychic, intuitive feeling beings. It's whether or not you're an open channel. It's whether or not you are ready to really live beyond this space and time and this realm. And like I said, a lot of people are still closed off to it, but astrology is a good way to kind of open up the ethers. And astrology also has to do with psychology. There's a lot of psychology that goes in place with astrology and the way that it all ties in. I mean, it's so fascinating. Like we would be here for days for me to go into the depth. But I mean, to really answer your question, I don't have a concrete answer as to how or why. How have you been able to help clients deal with their grief? What is a way that astrology can be tied into that? For instance, your chart, I, I could see that Chiron was in cancer. So that it was, it's part of your purpose in this life to heal that specific wound around family, any mm-hmm. wounding around family. So first I look at the chart, I see where the wounding is. And then I look at the moon. The moon is also, it's our emotions, but it's how we soothe ourselves. If somebody has a Taurus moon, they, they really need to be kind of coddled and love. They need a cozy environment. They need candles, a bath. So they're someone that needs to really step into self-care in the sense of uh, pampering. So if, if they've lost a loved one, I would say, you know, you really need to take care of yourself in A, B, and C. Whereas, you know, maybe someone with a Capricorn moon, they are ruled by Saturn. There's no attachment to emotions here. They want to throw themselves back into work. They don't want to deal with the emotions. So then we talk about, you know, ways where they can actually slow down and take care of themselves so that they don't compartmentalize the grief. So for every person, it it is different. And it's not, as you know, it's not, it's not a, a linear journey. Yeah. There is no one size fits all, unfortunately. Yeah. And beyond astrology though, when I work with people, I read their energy and get a sense of what, what it is that they need, where they need to connect. Sometimes I'll put them in situations where I ask them to call in their loved ones and they hug them. You know, I mean, we, we, we work through things in layers. This is very interesting because what we talk about a lot with grief is that it can be really hard to even identify what you need. This whole thing Mm -hmm. of people reaching out saying, let me know what I can do to help. Well, I don't know what I need. So how am I supposed to let you know how to help me? Like I almost recommend anybody that's going through a grief right now where they are struggling how to console themselves or how to Mm -hmm. relay to others how they need help to check in with you and check in (laughs) with somebody that can say, okay, let me look at your charts. Let me see where your moons are. And here's some advice that I could give for how you specifically need to be taken care of. What does, what does mine say? So it's, it's where your moon is that, that. So your moon is how you, it's how you self-soothe. It's how you take care of yourself. Yours is an Aquarius. So there may be some energy to detach or to go off by yourself or to be alone or to like, if you don't get that space and that freedom to be alone, that is imperative. That's imperative for you as a person anyway, but when it comes to grieving, it's very important. So I, I work with people also in, in a way where, you know, it, it's more about the softness of also like clearing the energy. Sometimes people call me and they just need to cry. They need to release because they're people who have very, you know, high powered jobs or they're in positions in their life where they have to keep it together all the time mm-hmm. and they don't have time to sit and cry and grieve. So with yeah. me, it's an hour where they can sit, they can cry and I can respectfully and softly ground them. Mm-hmm. and help them work through the grief. Each call I do with each client is different. It unfolds in its own magical way. I don't oh, sure. have a, a one size fits all because as you said, you know, grief happens differently for you. It's about space and freedom. And also with Aquarius, it, it is about other people. It's about a message. It's about the collective. So even even volunteering, like throwing your heart into other things like Mm -hmm. this, this podcast is helpful for you to deal with grief. Yeah. I mean, that totally checks out because I've said every time I get a message from somebody saying that I helped them, it's like putting a bandaid on my own grief. Absolutely. 
me feel like, okay, I had to go through this so that I can help other people. And it, it almost, I guess, brings meaning to it. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's all wild, but yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, if somebody has a Virgo moon, it means too, that they're, they're a healer themselves. So they're going to be discovering as they heal themselves, that they have a healing power as well, that they can help other people. And also organizing chaos in their life can be helpful. There are mm-hmm. some people that need to just like get up and clean and be busy and move and for whatever reason, that's helpful for them. One thing I recommend for everybody though, is to get outside in nature because that is the most resourceful way to actually ground your energy is to connect with the earth, whatever that means for you. And for water signs, it means being in water. It means being around water for earth signs. It means literally connecting to the earth for, for fire. It's more about the adventure, the movement, you know, running, cycling. So it, it well, is very different for everyone. You- you say that because for me being, I'm a fire sign, right? For, for Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I, you say, when I'm thinking fire sign, I'm thinking the sun and I'm thinking this morning I had my, my call with my therapist and I was like, I just cannot, I don't want to sit inside. I want to be outside. So I went outside, I got a chair, I got a blanket and I just sat there in the sun <laughs> on the phone with my therapist. And it was like, that was what I needed to do to connect with nature at that minute. And that's the other thing too, is that, you know, what you need. And it, once you I've can better like for, at it for you, like writing down, keeping a journal. So for you writing down, sitting in the sun, you know, I always have people too, when I, when I coach, cause I also coach people is I have them write down all the things that make them feel good. All the things mm-hmm. that Mm. they can do on a daily basis or weekly basis. Cause if you feel yourself to start kind of slipping back or reverting, you can open up the journal. You can go to it and go, okay, I need to go sit in the sun today. I need to do this A, B, and C. So we go through all the things that work for you specifically. For people that lose somebody suddenly, that's what happened with me. My dad and a best friend of mine both passed suddenly. There was a lot of unresolved issues or just things you think about that you're never going to be able to ask or be able to say or be able to experience with them. Is there any benefit to figuring out their birth chart and maybe learning a little bit more about them or about what your futures together? Or I don't even know what it is that you could learn, but is there any benefit in doing that for somebody that you lost? Yes, I do that all the time. Actually, people will come to me in a grieving state and they want to know more about their connection with their loved one that has passed away. So I will look into their connections together and then they want to know more about the energy of that person because the chart tells everything, everything. So I do that all the time. I I do it for babies that are just born. I do it for people that have passed away. And interestingly enough, you bring this up because I had a client about a month ago contact me and she said, I just wanted to let you know that my father passed away. And in our first reading, you told me that it was important for me to mend fences with him and to connect with him immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And she that happened she to me. Well, she didn't do it. And she said, I'm telling you from the experience I had with you in the reading, she goes, I didn't take your advice and run with it. And I want you to know that other people should really listen. And when you say you need to connect with this person, they need to do it because now my father is gone and we did not resolve our issues. So a lot of people that happens to a lot of people, but as we're moving through grief, at some point you can move through and into a space where you can connect with your loved one on the other side. And I encourage people to talk to their loved ones, to have conversations daily, weekly, ask them for guidance. And if they need to have a conversation with them, that they should still do it. Do you have any guidance on how they can have those conversations or like where they should start? I feel like that feels very daunting to say, you know, go have this conversation with somebody, get get out all the demons and things you needed to say. But maybe it goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Simplicity. It is simplicity. It, it's not about overthinking. You know, it's it's just moving into the energy. But again, you know, this is after some time because a lot of people block the energy of loved ones, especially if they've lost someone in a very traumatic way. I see this a lot too with suicide, mm. where especially if it's a child, the parent will block the other person's energy from coming in and they can't feel anything. They can't dream about them. They can't bring them into their aura because they're in the pain body. If you are blocking that energy, I suggest that you have Reiki done, that you do anything mm. that is somatic yoga 
anything that can unblock your energy, but it would have to be after some time to be able to move into conversations. For instance, my grandfather, he's in my house all the time. I talk to him, we see him on occasion and he protects us. And I know that there's a bubble around my house. Around his birthday, I feel him very heavy and mm. I can feel him drawing me to certain places. On his birthday, I re- that, that week, I really like to connect with him and have conversations. It doesn't have to be so, you know, well, I didn't get a sign. I didn't see this. I didn't hear this. They're there. And if you haven't read the book Signs, you should also pick that up because that book is amazing. Is that the one by Laura Lynn Jackson? Yes. Oh, obsessed. Loved it. Cried my eyes out. It's so good. (laughs) So good. But that's one of the other things I teach too, is that I teach people how to start paying attention to the synchronicities and all the signs that are around you every day. Because a lot of the times we're not paying attention, but they're there. Mm-hmm. They are all around us, happening all the time. So if you're if you're blocking it, of course you're not going to see it. But really, just sitting down, having a conversation, even writing it out in a journal. You can have a grief journal where you put all of your energy into this journal. Conversations you wanted to to have with this person, or things you didn't get to say, or even writing down memories. It's just a place where you can go and you can put everything in this journal and it's yours. That's a really good idea. I I know that journaling is so important, but I I hadn't thought about it in that sense of almost being like this capsule of your own thoughts around your grief. Absolutely. And when you're ready, you can release it too. You can Mm -hmm. burn it. You can get Mm -hmm. rid of it. You you don't need it anymore. I've always liked it in terms of being able to go back and see how far you've come. You know, there are times where I wrote things when I was so depressed and so deep in a dark place. And then I can go back at another time where I think I haven't made progress, but then to be able to see, oh my God, I was, I was really not in a good place that I'm actually way better than I thought I was. It's nice to be able to kind of level set and see where you are. Yeah. And then you can look back and say, I don't even know that person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or how much I've grown. Yeah. So you do lots of work with celebrities. Super cool. And that's what is cool (laughs) about being able to do this astrology and the birth charts is that like, you don't necessarily need to be directly connected to somebody. You can just know their information and then be able to find out everything like about their path in life. So you you've done this with a few celebrities, specifically Britney Spears, who has made a little bit of a comeback now in you know, winning the, the uh, trial with the conservatorship, but she's also in a little bit of a mess with Jamie Lynn, who I think is just mm-hmm. needs to take a step back and, and step away. <laughs> no, we need, nobody needs this. Nobody asked for this. Nobody needs this. Well, um, so, Yeah. What do you see for Brittany? Well, so last June, I predicted everything that's happened so far, even with her sister. Yes. So I predicted in last June that she was going to come out of this conservatorship and that she was going to go after her family. I said, just wait till the lawsuits roll out. I said that she's going to do a big interview at some point and that her sister would be trying to sell her book to make money. When I look at Jamie Lynn's energy, it is, it is a, it is a very self, what's the best word for me to describe her? She's very self-focused. Okay. And she's, she's had such a different experience than Brittany's had Mm -hmm. and she cannot relate or connect. She really has been so taken care of. And actually her, her life path is to separate from family and to take care of herself right. and to pull herself up by her own britches and put her boots on and get to work and become an adult. But she has yet to do that. She's been living off of her sister and her sister's money. So essentially with everything that's happening, Jamie Lynn is being pushed into her North Node, whether she likes it or not. She's being pushed into her destiny. She's going kicking and screaming. Unfortunately, she is making money on this book and I saw that she would make money off of it. So Moving forward, I feel that Brittany will continue to go after the family, and I feel that she is going to make a big comeback. I feel that she's going to come out into the public, and she's going to tell her story in a very big way, and there will be major lawsuits, and then I also see that it's possible that she could perform again. 
Mm. So I also predicted her engagement to. What do you feel about him, Sam? You know, he's actually hard to read. There's a lot of energy with people say that he is using her. Yeah. I feel his energy is very closed off to me. So he's been very difficult for me to kind of get in and navigate that. I could see that they were going to get engaged. I do feel that they will get married and there is possibly going to be a child. So mm. I do feel all of that energy. We will have to see what happens though in the future with him. I'm not a hundred percent sold on him. Me being a plebeian, not actually having any of the powers that you do. <laughs> but I, the, the read that I get is that he was with her for the right reasons, does truly love her, isn't just in sure. a relationship to take advantage of what she can offer. But now that right. those opportunities are coming, he can't really turn away from it. And he's being very drawn and attracted to it. So my hope, though, is that he's able to stay on the right path and really be a true supporter because she so needs that in her life. And I hope you're right that she does go back to performing again, because, oh, my God, wouldn't that just make our entire life? I mean, I think after everything we've been through in the last two years, like the least that God could do is to give us Britney Spears performing. <laughs> I think she will do like one big, I just feel that she's gonna, she's just, she's gonna do it as a thank you. I feel, you know, yeah. for all the support that she didn't know she had yeah. with him. What I feel it, what concerns me about him with her is that he could get into the mindset of trying to control her because of all of the, the, the deals and things that are going to start rolling in with her. So right making sure that because she has a tendency to pull people in around her in that way. It was actually Uranus that freed her in her chart this year, and it was connected to her dad. So amazing. Ed, this was all timed perfectly when it comes to astrology. And I see really good things for her, but she's coming after everybody. She's not going to stop until Love it. she gets her vengeance. Love it. Good for her. <laughs> what are some other celebrities that you do readings for or that you, um, can, that you have good reads on? I read on, well, I, I don't know if I should bring it up, but Ghislaine Maxwell, I read <gasps> on, on that trial. Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw yeah. you posting some of this. I yeah. actually was just going to ask you about that because you said mm -hmm. something about this is like the darkest birth chart I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Her, well, yes. One of the darkest, but yes, it's all delusion, illusion. It's, it's all about sexual perversion. You know, she's the, the chart is all about power. And mm -hmm. in the darkest, darkest way, I actually had a hard time keeping what I had predicted up on my Instagram page. I kept archiving it because the energy was too much for me. It was like mm. so all encompassing. And when I read her, it's not just her, it's a web. And it's such a varied dark web that I don't want to tap into that energy. I don't want it around me. I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Right, so, right. You don't even want to invite it into your life. Exactly. But I predicted the outcome prior and what happened is, is what I predicted. We're still waiting to see if anything else is going to happen with that one juror. I do feel that she, yes, she is a bad person and she's a very dark person, but she's more of what I would consider an architect. Mm -hmm. There are many other people involved and it goes very, very, very deep. And so the people that you're going to see kind of popping up are what I would consider fall guys. Yes, they're involved. Yes, they're bad people. Yes, they did do those things. But this web is so deep and so dark. And I feel that eventually more will come out of her time. I did predict that she would give up names and she has. So, and that's in order to make her accommodations more comfortable. Well, she was under question. Yeah. Do, you, mm -hmm. do you think we're going to see names come out that are going to be more shocking than they already have? I do. I do. And I, I think that when people find out exactly how deep and how far this goes, it's, it's going to be, it's going to sicken people. Yeah. So it's beyond just the names that you're seeing in the news. It's beyond Donald Trump and it's beyond Bill Clinton and, and whatnot. It, it goes much further than that. There are many different groups that are operating so to speak, I would say esoterically and also in, in dark energy, this particular group is just, it reaches through to other countries and to, to foreign leaders. It's, it's a very, very big web. Very creepy to think about. It's a lot. Your followers may have asked about Lala Kent. Um, yes. I saw this divorce coming a mile away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she convinced herself that she was in love with him, but she yeah. wasn't. The writing was on the wall. I feel that this year is going to be a really shitty year for her, just in the sense of that 
she is going to be coming out more and more and saying more and more and more about him. And I feel that she's not able to get the money that she wants. And she's very worried about money. So that's one of the big things that I see coming up. I kind of feel like with her, she made her bed and she kind of has to lie in it. You know, this is something that she knew. She also was with him while he was married. I mean, I think that, you know, what is it that Lisa Vanderpump says? You lose him the way you got him. Yes. You look at Randall and you look at Lala and you're like, I'm sorry, there's no way that you can actually be in love with this man. Like you're this hot young thing. You're like, you're clearly after him for the money. But then as I started to see a little bit more of their relationship unravel on the show, and then they had a baby, I'm thinking, maybe this is true love. Maybe there really is something there. I think about the way that my love for my husband totally grew in ways I never thought it could when my father died and he was there for me and when I had a baby. And so looking at Lala and Randall and seeing that they had gone through each of those scenarios that maybe she did have this grand love for him. Maybe he was this incredible person, this incredible partner that helped her, you know, pick herself back up again when her dad died. And so I kind of bought into the narrative, you know? And then when I saw that they were getting divorced or not divorced, I guess just a breakup because they never did legally marry. I -hmm. was freaking shocked that it was because he cheated on her, which is just insane. And I do believe her that she kind of was duped and thought he was this one thing and and he turned it out being something else i think there's a lot of self-reflection that she should do in terms of looking at like you know how they started and maybe that he wasn't being so truthful then and that it all goes back to things that had started before i definitely just i feel for her again having a baby myself like i can't even imagine that happening like thinking you're about to have one life with a man and a baby and the support both financially and personally and then it's just gone well with her the problem is is that she's a giver so she okay she she has a wall up right but when she really loves somebody she will become very generous she will give them everything she does like relationships where she has a cerebral connection more of an intellectual connection but her path it was very karmic to have a very challenging relationship that would lead to marriage I do feel that she could get married again in the future and it would be long lasting. I think she has traditional values when it comes to marriage, even though she portrays herself to be, you know, a certain way. She's a very giving person, but I I do feel she definitely has that traditional spot to her. I totally agree. She also, this is a case of what I would call Neptune, where she can tell herself all day she wasn't enticed by the money and everything that he was giving her and and whatnot, like all of it, to be thrown into that very quickly. Mm-hmm. And the way he was putting her up on a pedestal, very right. Neptunian energy. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the mask comes off and you've actually deceived yourself because you knew that the person the entire yeah. time was not who you thought they were. And that's how I look at their relationship. I see a lot of tears coming up. I see her again, you know, stressed about money and worry. But I do feel that 24, 2024, 2025, I do see love for her again. And she's going to be like Randall who? She, I, I, I feel that greatly, but right now she is very stressed about money and she is very worried and there's just a lot coming up that is going to be very stressful. And she's going to be speaking out more and more and more. And even, I don't know, I feel that when she's 32, so after her birthday into 2023, so around September through I would say summer of 2023, there's a lot of energy around her speaking out even more. So I have to see what, what else she is going to come out with and say, but I feel like she's going to start something new also career wise, whatever that will move into. And clearly she's focusing on the baby, but she's also concerned about being able to get money from him. There's a lot of debt here too, that I see in the spread. Yeah, that's on his end. Yeah, but she's connected somehow. There's stuff here too. She doesn't have all the money that, again, these people lead lives like on Mm -hmm. TV as if Mm -hmm. they have all this money. I, it's not, it's not true. It's not all what it's cracked up to be or what they try it to be. Yeah. Right. I, I see that she is very dedicated. I love that she, I mean, the love that she has for her daughter. What I can at least hope is that her speaking out at least prevents it from happening to somebody else, because this is now Mm -hmm. like 
three children that he's brought into this world where he's left them behind basically with the mothers and it would be a sin for it to happen again because he just seems like a shitty shitty individual well i mean also when i look at him it's like the makings the energy is very narcissistic, right? Like he comes in and he wines and dines and gives them everything. And and one of the things that really bothers me is that as a little girl, we are taught to actually jump into the narcissist's arms. I mean, look at Snow White, Prince Charming comes and he sweeps you off your feet. And that's just not the reality. When a man is putting you on a really big pedestal that way, and they're coming in really hard and they're trying to bond very intensely, a lot of times that is toxic behavior. Now, it doesn't mean that a man can't do nice things for you, but you have to watch all of the patterns. It has to be healthy. And the way that he came in, I mean, he bought her a car within like, I don't know, a week or two. It was just a lot. I I read a lot on... um, the royal family. And I read a lot on uh, Megan and Harry. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> so I had felt from the beginning uh, that she was the one that drives the train, but a lot of people don't, what they don't realize is that Harry is a willing accomplice. So they're oh, yeah. very, they're very much alike. And this is a soulmate connection. He does love her very, very much, but I do feel that he is going to wake up one day and think, Oh my God, what have I done? You think so? Yes. Now he may never say this publicly, but I feel in the energy that there is going to be some energy around guilt for having left the way that they left. Although I, one of the things that I do find, and I'm going to say this is that Megan is very manipulative. So she is able to manipulate situations in her favor. Again, she is somebody who this is something that she wanted for a very long time and she manifested it. She got it. They were and are meant to be together, but she definitely, I feel, uses his mother's death as a way to move about the world, mm. unfortunately. I don't like her one way or the other or dislike her one way or the other. It's just the energy that I pick up, but they are actually really good for each other. And I've always felt that he, so a lot of people thought that she came into the picture and then like, strangled him to the point that he wanted to get out. I don't think that. I think that he had this he underlying to get out a long time ago. Yeah. I think that he had yeah. an underlying thought of everything. She I think he's that. always kind of blamed the monarchy for everything that happened with his mom. Yeah. And he picked her for a reason because she was the catalyst. He, yes. He felt that she was somebody strong enough to maybe help him do it. But what I really feel in the bigger picture is that when they left, that that energy, that this is the end of the monarchy, we're going to see Prince William become king and so forth. But I feel that a lot of the royals will be relieved of duties in the future and that the public Mm -hmm. just won't be as interested. And after the queen dies, everything's going to change. And I feel that that's going to come sooner than later. So there's a lot of energy around her leaving this earth this year or next year. Wow. That will be, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's already an uproar in regards to Camilla as being the queen consort. So we'll see how it all how it all across my news screen last (laughs) week that like the queen just approved her of being able to take the title queen. Mm-hmm. Which I, I feel, feel there's like, going to be a lot of push and backlash from the public on that. And I don't feel that it will last very long. Yeah. I almost feel like that's got to be a slap in the face to the boys too. Absolutely. But you know, the family's a business. Yeah. It's run like right. a business and it is a business and it's a ruthless business. Right. They are the Kardashians of the England. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and trust me, me, there's probably <laughs> as, as much sex lies and terror there too. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they know where all the bodies are hidden. So Uh Uh (laughs) they've got a big, a big mess on their hands right now too, with Prince Andrew. I mean, she's basically disowned him. So I know, I know, like you said, it's all connected. I know they're not much different, right? I mean, they're not much different than just regular reality stars, just because you have Royal blood. What does that really mean these days? Right? Absolutely. And because I, I actually read celebrities, I have clients that are celebrities. I see what's going on behind the scenes and uh-huh. it's never, ever what's betrayed no. on TV. Anything that we didn't touch on today that you would like to add? We have some great book recommendations from you many lives many masters signs and that roomy quote i want to find about that this is this we are all living a dream right now oh so interesting yes that when you when you when you pass when you die is when you wake up I, i would just say that if anybody is really struggling with grief i mean again there's there's no 
right way or wrong way, right, to deal with situation. I think that being able to at, at some point, though, really connect deeply internally is the biggest source of healing. Being able to go into yourself and being able to connect to higher consciousness through meditation and being able to be guided through the grief is the best thing that you can do. Now, this is after a long period of having to actually physically grieve because mm -hmm. you can be in a state of absolute shock. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point to add. Yeah. We always want to encourage people to, to take that time to feel it and then begin the work that you need to, to kind of really dig yourself out of that hole. And one of the good ways to do that is to connect with Emily and have her read your chart and figure out what you need to help you heal. <laughs> so <laughs> Emily, how can people find you? My Instagram is at E-M-I-L-I. -I, and then my website is www.soul.com. S O U L house H O U S E dot life L I F E. And you can book directly to my website actually this month only because it's my birthday month. Um, oh, well, happy all readings. Birthday. Thank you. All readings are 50% off, and that's already reflected on the website right now. And I am offering a course as well, which will start in March live called In the Flow where I talk about, again, the spirit team, and I teach you how to ebb and flow through your life, through astrology and through your own energy. And it will be a, a live course over six weeks. Super cool. You've got a great Instagram. I love the stuff that you put out. I feel like I've learned so much about astrology and, and I, I find it so interesting. Some of the readings that you do. And of course the celebrities, we love that stuff. So definitely go follow Emily there. Emily Adame, thank you so much for being here. I loved being able to chat with you. I well, thank you so much. It's, this has been an absolute pleasure. And you know, I oh, listened to many episodes of the podcast and I think the work you're doing is incredible. Oh, thank and you. Absolutely. And I, I see great, great things for you in the future as well. You are in your purpose. And so it's really lovely to see somebody in their purpose doing the work. And so I, you know, I, I'm, I commend you on that. And oh, I, I think have such a smile on my face. I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank I mean, you. Well, thanks for your really guidance great. today too. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day and thank you so much. You too. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. Head over to Instagram to follow more at so sorry with Gianna. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave that five-star review. I would love you for it. More to come on this season of so sorry for your loss. So stay tuned.